Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's get it done, realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our fields. I'm your host, Marjorie Adam. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Real Estate Unscripted. I am very excited today to have not only a great lender and a great friend of mine, but a branch manager. Say hi to CJ. Good Marjorie. Thank you so much for having me on. You are so welcome. So CJ has been a branch manager. He is with Alcova. Yay. And he has been a lender for nine years. Now, if you could see him right now, you'd be like nine years. He looks like he's like 18 years old. <laughs> so he's very young looking, but very professional. And here's what I'm excited about. I think that he is very like-minded to me to kind of how we run our businesses, how we value and understand the importance of relationships and how we are going to thrive throughout this market. So neither of us are willing to be like, ooh, this has changed, that stinks, right? Like who moved my cheese, I'm gonna sit here. It's like, we gotta really focus on what we need to focus on. So what we're gonna talk about today, now, when you first hear this, you're gonna be like, yeah, I know all this. We're gonna talk about the lenders and realtors most important relationships. But I want you guys to think about this a little differently. It is, as the market is shifting, we have core relationships within our businesses and then core relationships that frankly, to me, we break or make our businesses, right? Like, let's yeah. be honest, you know, and this is clear, you CJ too, right? Like if the lenders fail, the realtors fail. We are a symbiotic little relationship. Right. Absolutely. So one thing you said that I loved is you talked a little bit to me about like the natural urgency for lenders and realtors. What do you mean by that? Because it's absolutely true. So the way lenders and realtors work is really unique. I don't think there's another relationship like it. Whether you're referring me or any other lender, Joe Schmo at a different mortgage company, you have to refer a lender because you cannot get your buyer under contract without that letter. Right. But if you think about working with a financial planner or a past client or a divorce attorney or any other person that refers business, there's no necessity to refer you for their career to happen or life to happen, right? I think a lot of times people think they have great relationships because, oh, we're buddy-buddy, we hang out, we go to the bar on Friday night. Like None of that's bad. And I made the mistake early on of being like, well, I'm good friends with this person, but yet they're referring that person over there. Why? Because I wasn't adding any value to their life, right? So I think you have to look at it like, how can I tactically enhance the relationships around me? And so if you look at relationships outside of that realtor-lender relationship where that urgency doesn't exist, I think the first step is you have to create that urgency. Oh, you're a financial planner. Do you know if you don't refer me, your clients are at a big risk? Do you know that homeowners have 40 times more wealth than the average renter? So literally by you referring me and me getting your clients into a home, I can increase your portfolio. Like that's a value add, I think. When we talk about VIPs in general, I think most people think, okay, well, of course, a very important person. All right. So in naturally, or I hope people think, well, this is someone I'm in relationship with, but I think people get confused about what in relation and that's what in relationship means, which is what you're saying. So in other words, CJ and I are friends. We hang out. I've known him for 10 years and he did my loan, whatever. And so therefore he's going to refer me as the realtor naturally, just because, like I said, we both like the, I'm going to say Cowboys. I don't watch sports. So, you know, whoever <laughs> we both like the Ravens, whatever. And so therefore we're aligned and it's like, okay. And then we get our feelings hurt, right? Like, oh my gosh, 
I just saw CJ's house go on the market and he listed it with blah, blah, blah. And how could he? Well, because there was never that conversation, right, of, hey, we might be best friends, but CJ, you're a lender. And hey, let's talk about what I'm looking for and what I need to when I'm referring my clients. Let's look about how we can really work together. And by the way, yeah. the market's changing. So let's talk about how we can help each other thrive to this market, right? So if you don't have the, hey, you're my VIP and I'm going to send you business and I'm going to cross my fingers and hope you send me business, right? Or I'm mad because you didn't, or there's the, I scratched your back, you scratched mine, which is a terrible way of doing things. I think there's this misunderstanding. So we're going to get super specific to me. This is all the time, but let's look at, at the changing market. Like things are tightening up. I mean, anyone out there knows it ain't beautiful. Like, you know, we're doing fine, but you know, whew. so let's think about, so I like to have you Everyone close your eyes and visualize a bullseye. So when you shoot darts, now, again, we're not yeah. shooting people. We're not throwing darts at people. But if we think about a bullseye and we think about the most points are in the center circle, right? So the center circle is most important. And then we radiate out and you get fewer points. Now, again, we're going to use relationships in here. So that center circle is going to be your most important relationships. So let's kind of build this bullseye out and really focus on it. So I think CJ, you and I would both agree our innermost circle is our direct team, we're going to call it. So for me, it would be everyone who's on the Marjorie Adam team internally on my team, right? So that has to be the innermost circle. That's the most important part, right? For the client service, for everything that happens, as well as our work life, right? Yeah. And if you think about that, Marjorie, like our team touches every single one of our files, right? So the biggest risk to my business is not rates going up to 15% or a real estate agent calling and saying, I hate your guts now. I mean, neither of those things would be great. The biggest <laughs> risk is Allison saying, oh, here's my two weeks because you didn't take care of me. Crap. <laughs> like the person who takes care of every one of my files, guess what now I have to do? Yeah, I've got to do that. Right. Yeah. Those are the things. And I mean, you know, you know, I work with my dad, too. But even in that role, like we've got to make sure they are taken care of first and foremost. Right. He's my dad, but he's also my direct manager. Right. He approves every loan I do. Oh, that client wants a price exception on rate. Well, guess what? If my relationship, if there's no value I'm giving to my dad, he's going to be like, no. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, because so, again, you're father and son, but you're at work. And that's right. the same thing there. Like, yes, you can hire your best friend, but at work, your best friend is that role, right? So I think that's exactly. another place where it's like the importance and clarity of relationships. But I think most people listening, look, either have teams or don't, that's okay. We're not here to talk about it, but whoever's your direct to get things done person, whether yeah. they're virtually or in, right? Those team members that are required to have a great experience and get to closing, that's your innermost circle, right? That's the most important circle. And that's Absolutely. the circle right now. Look, as the market's shifted, for some people it's changed, right? Like we had people that have massive inner circles to support a business that isn't here right now. So one of the hardest things right now is the reality, right? Like we have to change that in our circle because it's not sustainable and nothing yeah. worse than that. I mean, that is the far worse, but it's something that's a reality now. Well, and I'll add one more layer to it because everything we're talking about is I think internally, but think externally, should your team be referring you business? hundred yeah. percent. They should all be major referrals of your business right? Because yeah. guess what? They need you to close deals. They need me to close loans if they want to keep their job. Oh, I'm sorry. I know there's not a lot in the pipeline. We can't do bonuses because we didn't close enough to do bonuses. You want a bonus? 
dude, go ask for a referral. <laughs> Look, if you're in a lending team or a realtor team, you are in effect many salespeople. Now, I don't expect anyone, like if my job is the rainmaker, by no means, I'm like, I bring in 20, you bring in 20. No, but, you no, know, no. There's got to be the understanding. But part of that, of course, as you and I both know, is explaining it, but also the processes and systems, you know, yes. in place to train for that. But part of it has to be, look, here's what I also believe. You can train someone till the end of time. I can say, here's the expectation, but then you have to do it or want to do it, right? Or understand ultimately, there's got to be some high emotional intelligence, I will tell you for team members as well, because there's like the nine to five requirement, there's the job, but then there's the inner working and understanding of how a team works. That if there aren't sales, you know what I mean? It's a higher level of understanding that has to happen, I think, for all of that to work together, right? Because if someone's just going to clock in and clock out and say, my job was this thing, you know, ultimately that that's not going to be a long-term relationship anyway, right? They have to believe in your mission, right? Like when they come into work, are they believing what you're doing is amazing? Like, are they excited when they come in? Or like you said, are they coming in and just punching the clock? Man, it's only one o'clock. I cannot wait till five, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, which again, let's be honest. And there are days like even us, right? There are days where I'm like, whoo, Right. Like, yeah. So it's not that we can't understand. Like, we don't have this utopia vision that people are like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to get out of bed because I got to get to work. Like, darn it, it's the weekend. And that's stuff you can't teach. Like, you can teach someone to follow a process. You can teach someone. But I can't teach kind of that one, you know, understanding of here's how this works. And my job also is to help this train run. Right. That is something that I think is not something that you can interview on or train, right? Like that's got to be something that's a given. And that's where I think those truly just amazing team members come in where it's like, here's my job, but here's how that fits into this, you know, wheel. And then here's how I can contribute more. Right. So inner circle, we agree. I don't think anyone listening would be like, I don't get that. So now you have your next ring, let's call it. Right. So let's talk about that next ring. Now ours are both a little bit different. Your next ring is what you as a lender, that next important ring for you is who? Okay. Well, I'm going to say this. If my coach listens to this, please don't find me for this, but (laughs) (laughs) my next ring is my top 10 realtors. Now, just so you know, I have about 40 that are direct targets, and then I have about 30 other realtors that are on my bench. So I am not only calling on 10 realtors. <laughs> just yeah, no. throwing that out there. I don't want somebody listening to be like, oh, I'm just going to mark off three-fourths of my referral partners and you know, yeah, leave yeah. it at that. No. But my top 10 referral partners or realtors, they are my second innermost circle. And here's the thing that I've started to realize. I'm not as good as I think I am. Right. So those realtors, they are getting called on by every lender in the area. Okay. Now, I believe when I come into work, I am the best lender that's going to give them the most success. But I have to ask myself daily, do they believe that? Right. So my good friend Hunter, he told me this. He said, literally, our team comes into the office every single day with the mindset that our referral partners have to believe they will be a more successful realtor with us as their lender, or they should flat out work with somebody else, right? And so I have to go through each of those relationships. Do they believe that, right? And if the answer is no, that relationship is in jeopardy, right? Because all it's going to take is one lender to call them. And guess what? Those 10 realtors, they're all down this year. Every single one. Well, one is the same. Everybody else is down. So what do they have? They have time, 
right? Meaning they can't tell that person, oh, I'm just too busy. Busy with what? <laughs> right? So we can still say that, but the likelihood is not as much as in the markets where we are. I mean, it's still June. I would say, look, if you're going to start calling realtors, use do July. Because I think that if they were busy, it's through now, then it really tends to slow down in the summer. So yeah. again, if you're going to call on some. July. A couple of weeks is when to do it. But yeah, I mean, thing is, is they're being called on by every lender. And I have to know that. I mean, every client that comes into me, I have to assume their shopping rates. Maybe they don't, but I have to operate with the assumption that they're going to. Yep. And I mean, so when I think about that, it tells me I have to provide way more value to my realtors and to my clients. Like I think I keep hearing like you have to work twice as hard for the same income that you made the past couple of years. And maybe that's true. But what I really think you have to do is provide twice as much value as you have for the past two years. You can't just be, oh, I'm going to pick up the phone when they call and, you know, oh, you're looking to buy. Cool. I don't really have a great intake form. And oh, hey, I just heard from this lead. Don't follow up with them for six months. Like you've got to be on it and you've got to have a defined process. You've got to be finding ways to provide value to every one of those realtors, right? So the, my top 10, constantly I'm looking, how can I provide value? How can I elevate their business? How can I show them we're in the mud in this together? You're down, I'm down, let's fight it. I'm hungry. I'm not just going to sit on the sidelines and wait for your business to get better and hope you still refer me, right? Yeah, so that's agreed. my- yeah, that is my second innermost circle. Agreed. And I think the biggest thing too is, I mean, you know, it's great that people are calling, but it's like, what are you struggling with? What can I help you with? How can we help you get your offer accepted? How can we work to help you compete against a cash offer? How can we set you up for success? You know, you've got some kind of clients that are on the fence. How can we help them get across the finish line for you, right? right. It's all of those things. Let's have you set for this weekend. I think it's also doing a little leading, right? Because what we're famous for is it's Saturday at 6.30 and oops, we need a pre-approval, right? Like, so I think part of that is also you guys are really good at this. It's, you know, hey, here's who's working this weekend. And if you know you're going to be out with people, let's pre-approve them now. I think it's also that guidance. And, you know, a lot of people need event right now. So frankly, we've always been a counselor. I'm like, that's our second thing with our clients. But I think that right now, listening and hearing and saying, all right, well, what can we do to, you know, to help you here? How can we work together to get through this storm? And I think knowing, yeah. look, we're in a boat and if we're both rowing the same way and you have as much interest in my success, right, as I have in sending you business, then you're not a commodity. So let's all be clear. I think I'm not as good as I think I am. We should all make this t-shirt because I think we all got all of us, everyone got a little cocky about our team is fantastic. And, you know, we call back first and we give weekly updates and we got cocky about our job. You know what I mean? Like the service we provide now, there's 1-800-DIAL-A-REALTOR and 1-800-LENDERS-R-US, right? And everyone who wants this, things like this, we're a commodity based on, oh, well, what's the payment? Oh, what's your rate? You know what I mean? For you guys, for us, what do you charge? I don't think I need that. You know, great. You have a full service team. If my house sells in three days, who cares? Right. Yeah. Great that you sold me my, your house and have stayed in touch with me for 20 years. But someone over here said they do it for 5%. Like this is reality. So if we don't all go, hey, I'm not as good as I think I am. And I better be working on how to improve my offerings, right? Like I take photos, whoop-de-doo. I put you in MLS. So does Zillow. You know what I mean? Like, what are we doing right? What are we providing value? But the same thing with our relationships, right? Like you can't just call me and go, you got a loan for me, 
right? That's not how this works. But hey, what are you seeing? How's your year? Have you done a comparison this year to last year? Because we're all saying how bad it is. But have you really run the numbers? I have. You know what I mean? Like, here's what I'm seeing. By the way, the last 10 offers that came in, this is what I saw. And this is a trend that seems to really be working. And are you doing that? Like, how do you help me? Like, you can't drag me through, but how do you take me with you, right? Like, because there's some partners right now that we can try to pull and pull and pull. But, you know, if it's the sky has fallen and we're not going to evolve and, you know, it's going to be super negative, then we got to figure that out too. But I think for your realtors, it's I'm here for you. What are you struggling with? How can I help you be more successful? What can we do together? Right? Could we do a seminar? Can I take you to this class? Can we read this book? Like if you're not doing this stuff, do you know what chat JPT and AI are going to do potentially for your business in a good yeah. way? Because everyone's scared. How do we work that together? Hey, let's learn about this together. Like these are the opportunities right now. Because I'm sorry, if anyone calls me right now and goes, yeah, it sucks. Does it suck for you? Yeah, it sucks. Boy, it sucks. This really sucks. Does it suck? <laughs> I, I have no time or energy for that. I, I hate that. Yeah. But if you call me and say, hey, chat GPT, I just took this great seminar. I'm going to send it over to you because it's so easy. And I bet we could save you so much time. I'd be like, I'm in. So again, working together, right? So let's say I have 400 past clients. Yeah. Okay. So all 400 are very important, but not all 400 are dialed in with me, attend my events, say thank you for their birthday card, want to show up when we do something, right? Like send us referrals. So it's silly to think that within a 400 person database, let's say there isn't my top 40 or whatever, right? That like right, yeah. we're having a happy hour. I could almost tell you every time who's coming. I know who's dialed in with us. I know who sends me like, oh my gosh, you guys are amazing and can't wait to see you and comes to my house. I, I know, you know that it's the same thing. So it doesn't mean don't take care of 400. It means I can't take care of 400 like I can take care of 40. You cannot take care of 40 realtors like you can your 10. And your 10 are the ones in relationship with you, but also that there's this actual relationship of let's get through this together, right? Not just, Hey, when I need you, you're there, then do a great job for me. Bye-bye. doesn't mean they're not right. great, but it's not the same level of attention. Right? So I think that's what we're saying. I want to succeed. I want to take the people with me, right? Like we're all like-minded. We're going to get through this market. In fact, let's kill it. And how can we do that together? So my next circle is kind of that, right? Like my next circle, yours is 10 realtors, mine is not. And I'm actually really <laughs> thrilled about that. Not to be mean, but whoo. Um, but mine is kind of who are my next tier team. So to me, I've got my inner team and then I have my next tier team. And that is my home inspector, my homeowner's insurance agent, my attorney, my lender, right? My contractors, my people, right? Like who do we call? Oh, there's rats in the house. Yes, that just happened. You know, got to call Greg, right? So it's like my second team is who then is that team around me that takes care of me and the clients and gets us to closing with like a wow. Right. So when we're realtors, we got to think about that. What's the relationship like with them? Like my attorneys, there's two that I work with primarily. And honestly, like I can text them and be like, go get it. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm having this problem or can you help me with this? And that's how we work together. Right. Like I need you to do this. And I just called one today because I had a different problem. And he's like, here's what we do. Now, please don't misunderstand that what I'm saying is I just look for free advice for my attorney. For example, 
he's coming to my happy hour tonight, right? Like we're going to hang out. He comes to my house and I do things as he needs them too. We have a relationship. He's not just my closing attorney. He is a confidant. He is someone that I can run past things and vice versa. We are in it together and we want to succeed together, right? So to me, that relationship is not just, oh, they weren't mean to the client and they got the wiring instructions and, you know, things went okay. It's a deeper level. So I think for you as well, and maybe that for you, that's your third tier, right? And we're going to get super specific because as we get into the third and fourth tier, we're going to talk about some of these people and and reciprocally how we can help each other in this changed market. But I think we got to think about and really are we thanking or appreciating our attorneys or in our homeowners insurance age and the people that I know I can be like, ah, I got a closing in like two weeks. Oh, sure. We're full, but we'll take it. Right. Like how does that work together? Right. So to me, it's thinking about like almost taking a piece of paper as you're listening to this and right now, here's my second team, my home inspector, right? Like now, again, do I get a lot of business from my home inspector? I don't because guess when the home inspector's hired house is under contract, realtor sends it to the home inspector, right? It's almost never that there's not a realtor attached to that, but can my home inspector do a great job, educate the clients, kind of follow our service level, get me the reports quickly, be available to answer questions and guide me. Yeah. Can they make me look good by referring them? Yeah. And then hopefully, right, when they need to sell, could they call me? Yes. But I don't have that same level of reciprocity expectation there, but I have a service level of expectation. So can I ask you a question? And this may go a little off topic. So you can just say no. (laughs) I probably won't, but go ahead. Okay. So I think like in hearing your first two tiers here, which I think is really interesting. Neither one are heavy referral based tiers, which brings me to, I think, a fallacy in a lot of people's businesses. The only way somebody can provide value is through a referral. And I'm like, no, there's way more other ways to impact business. But you and I know that, but like, go back to that client where, hey, this other agent's going to discount their commission for 5%. What we're selling is unforeseen value against somebody else selling seen value. So right. how do you sell unforeseen value to anybody on your team or even to like, go back to that client? Like, how do you do that? Like, what's your unforeseen value and how do you communicate that? If I'm hearing this correctly, so you're a seller now, right? And I'm competing and you're saying, I've had four people in here and they all said they do it for 5%. Right, yep. Right, okay. So then part of the question is, I think before that is how we've set up that process, what we've shown and demonstrated that we offer for our 6%, right? So let's think about it. Like we assume we all do the same thing. So, you know, I'll take photos. So will my iPhone, I'll put you in MLS. So will everybody, we'll do this. We'll host an open house. Well, maybe I don't want one, but really if you go backwards three questions and it's CJ, so let's talk about this process and what's most important to you. Like what is the value or the most important thing right? That a realtor can offer, but also what's your biggest fear in this process? What's something that we got to make sure we're prepared to talk about? Because for example, I had a three hour, and you heard me listing appointment last night and I competed. I spent three hours and a lot of it was they're getting a divorce and it was here's why you're going to hire me. I am going to help you prep the house. I'm going to get the stager in. We're going to get the movers together. I am going to get the photographer, right? You're not going to worry about anything because they're freaking out, right? Going to different places and I've got this. And he's like, well, what about this? Nope. I take care of that. I'm going to take care of all this and I'm going to have your house cleaned, right? So it's like, I'm providing tangible value that you need based on your situation. So did they say anything other than, so you charge 6%, right? 
No. Everyone else said they would do it for five. Well, that's interesting. So CJ, did you say, hey, I'm only paying five or did they say you'll only pay five? So did they come in and say, I'll do it for 5% or did you say, what's your commission? And they said, I'll do it for 5%. Oh, they came in and they said they would do it for 5%. So here's a problem I have with that. So what is one of the biggest skill sets you require from your realtor? Like you're hiring me to do what for you? Negotiate. Right. So if my job is to get the highest commission, which by the way, within reason with a full market analysis that I'll show you just like an appraiser and strategy based on time on the market. So my listings sell for about 101%. The average market shockingly right now is 99. So let's argue most people feel like they get 100%. So, okay. So if I'm getting you a percent more in this house is $750,000, I've already made my money in terms of I'm already making you more and taking the stress off you with the staging and the extra time and everything we're going to do to make your life easier. But here's my biggest problem. What happens when an offer comes in and I can't even negotiate my own pay, right? And because five people are saying, well, I'll do that too, because they can't prove their value and negotiation skills. Is that who you're looking to hire? No. Right. So to me, there's also the inability to answer what's your commission, but why are you worth it? why. So I'm worth it because how we are going to set you up. Like I said, I'm going to meet a mover and a stager there. I am going to literally go through that house with them and set it up. You're not even going to be home. Then here's how we're going to set up the showings because you work nights. I got that. We're going to take care of this. And then I'm going to make sure till closing, other than something I absolutely need you to do, you will do nothing, right? I'll help the mover show up. I'll have the house clean before you leave. I think that is so good. It flips that mindset up on its head. Thing they're is, offering the 5% is exactly why you don't want to hire them. Well, again, now if we were in a market, part of it too, is you understand we're in a seller's market that sellers are selling for more than they frankly should. Is their house worth what it's selling for? It's not. And I had that conversation. I'm like, is your house worth 750? Nope. I mean, let's just be really blatantly honest. Would you pay CJ 750 for this house? And they were like, no. Okay. But because of what we're going to do, the final prep, and the work we're having you do and the way we're going to put this together and how we're going to market it, that's what we're going to, right? We're going to go for 750, right? Which we all agree it's not worth it, but you want me to be paid less to get you more money in a market that you're making more money because someone else said they would because they can't negotiate. So now some people are just going to pay five. Look, let's be honest, because some people will say, look, I walk in, they say, I'm only going to pay you five. So then the next question is, what am I not doing for you? So all this was super important, but obviously I would be agreeing to do it for less. So you're going to take all that on. So I'm not going to meet the stager. I'm not going to meet the mover. I'm not going to help you prep the house. You're going to do all of that. I'm going to just show up with a photographer. So you're going to be ready in about 10 days, right? Cool. So then we're not doing an open house because frankly, that's part of the value. And obviously I'll negotiate this for you. But if we're going to be negotiating, then what am I not doing? Because you're not paying me. So we're not getting the house cleaned. We're not going to do any of this, right? Because none of that's important to you is what you're saying. No, you just want it for less, but they're not doing all of that. So they're worthless, not worthless, but you know, so again, I think we have to think about also what's our line in the sand. Now let's be real. You're in Richmond. I'm in Charlottesville. Let's pretend Richmond just went to 5%. No one's going to pay more. That's the market. There's nothing you can do about it. Come hell or high water. Don't even bother, right? Like the entire market has decided this and you're the one person trying to charge more. <laughs> well, then you better offer all the services on top of everything else for 5% to keep your 5% to stand out from your competition, right? Like to me, it's like the market, if it changes and 6% goes away and none of us can change it. And again, as I'm saying all this, let me also put the caveat, it's illegal to fix commissions. 
you charge what you charge. 6% is what is fairly standard and what I charge. So there is no like legal 6%. No, you can charge $500. A seller can pay what they want. I'm just talking about how I do it. So I don't want it to be like, we're talking commission fixing. No, I'm not. Right. But we have to understand our value. In some markets, I have a great team and we're going to take care of all the details. So what? It sells in three days. I'm going to do drone video. You know what I mean? It's I'll do a floor plan. That's nice. Who cares? Right. So what matters to them? How does it make their life easier? How do you stand out more? Yes, it costs you more. Sure. It takes more time. Absolutely. But I'm not going to become $500 blank, blank real estate that, you know, we'll just put you in MLS and you think you got this, then that's on you. Good. If you called me and said, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, great luck. I wish you the best. So I think again, it also does relate though, into these relationships, because I think that for your top 10 realtors, right? Let's go back who are clients of yours, basically, right? Like you Mm -hmm. need referrals. You need to also say, this is what I do. And I offer you, this is why you want to work with me. This is what makes me stand out. This is what I am going to do above and beyond. This is the interview I have. And here's why it's so important, right? This is what makes us different. And then fill in the blank with the attorneys. Why do I work with certain attorneys? Because I know they represent the client. They're going to give me extra time when I need it. They will go to the mat to make something happen. They will answer questions I need off time. They will rely on me like again. And we will, of course, send each other business. but. It's that clear relationship. Here's why you need to work with me, right? Like, here's what I offer. Here's why I'm worth it. How can I help you? Let's do the same for you. So CJ, what can we add to your services or what do realtors really love that maybe you're not doing that your top 10 realtors can help you with, right? I think it's this two-way street. And I think it's that way with that second circle. Like for my contractors, I can just say, you do a great job. Or I could say, hey, when someone calls you and says they have to move, can you please ask, do you have a realtor? Well, you should interview Marjorie Adam. Please put her on your list. She's fantastic. You know, it's my job to take it from there. Or, hey, by the way, Dave, Dave's not real. Who are you sending business to? Oh, Steve over here. Oh, that's interesting. Like, so what is it about Steve? So I think these assumptions and these non-questions and these non, here, I think you can get more business. Do you need more painting jobs? So what I would do is this, right? Here's how I would approach that. Here's what I know our clients really love and why they pick you or a painter. And let's add this service, right? Maybe it's silly, like you wear your booties when you go in or, you know what I'm saying? You leave them a little treat or you offer them 10% to refer to another client. Like there are ways I think that we can all help each other's businesses, you know, strategically. What I love so much about that is you're not just saying, hey, send me referrals. You're saying, hey, I want your referrals, but here's who I want you to refer to me. Here's the triggers I want you to look for. And when you find them, here's how I want you to refer. Most people, when they don't refer, like if you're struggling to get those, it's because you haven't taught them how or who you want, right? It's just as simple as saying, hey, I need referrals to survive and to keep you in business, right? Here's who to look for. When you get them, here's what to do. I hear this all the time. So I'll have like an event or happy hour. And even though we've done this, I'll have clients. Oh my God, I pass out your name all the time. Really? Right. Or you run into (laughs) someone in the grocery store. Oh, I tell everyone about you. Okay. I appreciate Oh, I get that. the, oh, I gave your card out to somebody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's great. Cause I've never given you a business card. So I'm curious <laughs> what you gave out. <laughs> but also it's like, Hey, so if I ran into, you, I'd be like, Oh my God, CJ, you know how much I appreciate that. You guys are fantastic. And of course I want to work with your friends. Got an idea. 
Next time, if you run into someone, it doesn't matter where, and you say you need to call Marjorie, ask them if it's okay if you connect us. Just if you either group text us or you just send an email and say, hey, Dave, this is Marjorie, you know, and I'm going to connect you guys and then I'll take it from there. But that way we don't lose that opportunity because frankly, if they were in Kroger too, by the time they get in their car, they forgot their milk. They don't remember my name. And that would be a great way to connect us. And just obviously I'll appreciate and send you a little treat, but then it allows me to kind of take it from there. So again, group text, group email, ask permission. Hey, you know, if you're interviewing, is it okay if I share her number with you and information right now and she can reach out or whatever, take an action beyond just that, because ultimately, unfortunately, that generally means we don't connect. But again, people are like, oh, sure. So now all the time, hey, Marjorie, this is Steve and Steve, this is Marjorie. And, you know, Marjorie sold us our house and we know you, you know, we'll let you take it from here. And I leave them in for one more email. So they know I responded really quick or my team did. Thank you so much. We love working with you. Any friend of yours or coworkers of yours, let's set up a time to meet. So it's like, you can see how we followed up. But again, for our targets, and again, in a good way, that's what we're doing. So I want to get into the third one and then a couple tactics on the fourth one. The third one, we both agree. If we're looking for tactically connections, our current clients have to be in there, right? So the third circle is those current clients because, well, you said this, why? And then what is it a direct result of if we get those current clients? So you've got to cater to current clients right now because the iron's hot, right? They're going through the process. So when are you most valuable to a client? Not doing a three-month follow-up call when they're currently waiting on the keys to the home. Oh, you want your clear to close? Actually, it's around the corner, but I need you to send me referral before I can get you clear to close, right? (laughs) Like I can joke with you about that and make you a little bit nervous, send you a little bit urgency, but also keep it lighthearted, right? But if you are struggling with current client referrals, it is a direct result of your crappy process. That's what it is. Or if you're getting a ton of them, it's a direct result of your great process. And so for me... My biggest value add to a realtor, and I tell this to them every time I meet with them, is when you send me a client, it is my job to get two referrals from that client minimum. That's my job. And realtors know this. And I think past, I don't know, a year or so, I've just gotten lazy with being intentional and asking. So it hasn't been coming, right? But when realtors are sending me business and they're like, hey, sent you like four closings and they've not sent one one referral back. They may not verbally tell me this, but I know they're looking at it like, are people really having a five-star experience white glove service when I send them to CJ? Or are they maybe not super satisfied with CJ, right? And so I'm always thinking about that first and foremost, because if I'm looking at my lead tracker and we're not getting leads from current clients, I'm going to call the client and be like, hey, scale up one to 10. How do you like working with my team? If they're anything less than a 10, what can I do better? If they are a 10, cool. Either they're not being honest with me or if they are truly a 10, hey, what can I do to get you to connect me with some of your friends? Maybe I just haven't asked, you know, but it definitely tells me, are they having a problem with me? Maybe it's a problem with my team. Maybe they didn't connect well with Allison. Maybe Allison, and I mean, Allison would never do this. She's like the sweetest person in the world. I agree. Yeah, maybe Allison said something to them that just kind of set them off or whatever. But I've got to be in tune with those current client referrals because that's telling me how good my process actually is. Agreed. I think it's your process and it's the fact that you've communicated you need them. Because I think what we all forget is 
when you're in the middle of buying a house or selling a house on our end, let's talk buying because they need the lender. You are like a horse with blinders on. You already have to live your regular life. So I have my regular job. I have my kids. I have every other life stress. And now I'm trying to buy a house in this market. And so I'm already overwhelmed. And then I got to go find these documents that you asked for, you lenders, your documents, <laughs> all right? Do you really think they're sitting around going, Ooh, how could I send CJ a referral? I've got nothing. I'm just sitting here drinking my coffee, thinking about CJ and his referrals. It is not how we think. It is not forced and foremost. And if we don't say we really need your help and we really appreciate your referrals and right now you're buying. So guess what? Your reticular activator is turned on. And what that means is that's that thing in your brain. So if you buy a Jeep, all you see is Jeeps, right? Like, or are you thinking of doing something? Suddenly every ad is about that, right? Like you're like, how did that happen? Well, you're buying a house now. And so you're going to hear your friend or coworker, someone else is going to say, oh, we're going to buy a house. And all I ask when you hear that is you say, hey, are you working with the realtor? You know, I'd love to connect with Marjorie. She's fantastic because you're kind of, you know, in connection with them right now, going through the same thing. This is when you're most tuned into that. And you are correct during this time. We are right now as important as like their family, because I'm about to tell you if you got the house, you're about to say you got the loan. I'm about to give you keys. You're going to answer my call. Now, in a week after closing, I'm not important anymore. You don't necessarily care about my happy hour and you're painting your house. But right now they are answering our call, right? Because Absolutely. we are in that. That's why it makes sense, right? Like six months from now, CJ, you're fantastic, but I got yoga and my kids and, you know, I'm going on vacation, you know, it's just, we're not in the midst of their life. So I think if everyone listening isn't going, okay, CCRs, current client referrals, how do we get them? How do we train for them? What are the times we ask for them? One of the times we absolutely don't ask for them. Yeah. People are mad. Please don't say, oh, CJ, I'm so sorry. You are furious, but do you have any clients for us? Right? Like, <laughs> duh. So, you know, but like, and also, Hey, it's part of our process. I'm working with you because you were referred by Dave, right? Yeah. This is how my business works and how we take such great care of people that frankly, we want to work with. So we've got to stress that. And then I want to spend just a second before we run out of time on our fourth quadrant, which interestingly is kind of my somewhat second quadrant with my top 10 realtors. But for you guys also are your actual other VIPs, right? And I think we've got to think about when we're figuring out right now, especially who are we spending our time with and how, to me, it is who else runs a business like we do. Meaning when we say a book of business, who else relies on clients and referrals? And, you know, because a lot of people, like you're a CEO and you make 250 grand and you run this business and here's your three metrics is very different than let's name some people, financial planners, accountants, insurance agents, estate attorneys, these people have, hey, I have my 400 clients of money I manage. I really want to get up to 500 people I manage and I get referrals from those happy clients as well as, you know, whatever it is. It's a referral-based business, right? So, hey, you, divorce attorney, sadly, you did, a, you know, you did a great job on my divorce. I really won here. You got to use <laughs> him, right? Like, I'm just being honest, right? So, these people understand and need referrals generally, unless they're so busy that they've hit that pinnacle in life we all hope for, which is I'm full. But think about that. So for example, like with financial planners, as a lender, you have to think of the relevance that you offer and symbiotically how you can work together. And as a realtor, I have to do the same thing, right? So for my financial planner, just kind of giving a quick tip, I'll have you give one too. I can say, listen, CJ, 
You know, a lot of times you're looking at, well, how much can they afford? Or, hey, they're thinking of selling their house. Should they sell it and buy another house? I am happy to be that resource for you that says, you know what, CJ, it's worth this. This is what they could sell it for. And for what you're telling me they need to buy, this is what they'd have to pay. So let's see if that fits into their portfolio and what you need and what they want to do. And then we can connect to see if we can put this all together instead of just you have clients that are looking to move, right? What can I offer you, right? So, and as a lender, right, you have the conversation you can have with them about the value of what you contribute to and the advice you give as well, right? That is part of that. So to me, that's what we need to take care and look at at all of these things. Again, estate attorneys. So of course, so I want some listings, but what I offer to that estate attorney is, hey, I can put this whole package together for your clients who have a house that they need to have emptied and cleaned and have an estate sale and prepped and staged and moved. I can make this process easier on you and them save money, sell the house for more, right? Like how do we, with each of these entities do that? Does that make sense? It does. And I think to answer that Marjorie, you have to, I mean, just put yourself in that financial planner's shoes. So what's the biggest risk to your business? What's the biggest risk to your client, right? Because they want to provide great service to their clients too. So if you think about that, all right, well, financial planners, they get paid on commission. They get paid on either the value in the account or the growth of the account. So that's one. And then the second thing is their clients all have a specific objective. Usually they got to have enough for retirement. Okay, so just hold that. So here's what most realtors do when they get a client. Oh, you've got $7 million in assets and you're buying a $500,000 house. Well, cash is king in this market, right? So let's just make a cash offer. Well, if you're working with a financial planner who gave you that referral, what you just did was A, you took 500 grand out of that client's account they might need for retirement. Their retirement account may not be dependent on them owning their house outright. Second thing you just did is you just decreased your financial planner's pay, right? By whatever commission they make on 500 grand. They aren't happy with you right now, right? And for me, what I tell a financial planner is, is not only if you're referring somebody that's doing this, is it a risk for you? But if you're allowing your clients to work with somebody that's not me, understand that other realtor, that other lender they're just trying to get the deal closed. They don't care about anything else. I'm here to protect you even before protecting the client. So that's the first thing that I look at. And then as a lender, what I will do with that financial planner, every one of my clients have to meet with me face-to-face. I think lenders have gotten so lazy. If you're getting a client to call in and your first thing is sending them the online app, you're crazy. Your rocket mortgage, you're just disguised as something different. That's ridiculous. Meet with every one of your clients face-to-face. When I meet with my clients, the app is already done. We'll do it over the phone. And we are going to look at their entire financial portfolio. I'm going to pull up their retirement plan. I'm going to have all the data there. We're going to look at the mortgage market. And then I'm going to make recommendations that are specific to what's going to help them accumulate wealth right? Which means for that financial planner, we're not taking money out of that asset account that he's managing. We're doing a responsible down payment. And he's getting a client that's going to take advantage of the current market and appreciate and be better off with me as their lender versus working with somebody else. Yes. So here's the thing. So as we end, because I want everyone to think financial planner is an example. I'm a lender 
here's the benefit to the client and the financial planner, not just, again, what do we try to do? I'll close on time. We'll do this. We'll call them on Thursdays. That's good. That's our service. But when you work with me, I'm going to make sure I qualify that client. And you and I have that conversation before that we're sure they should take this much out. You know what? If maybe 20%, maybe they don't have to. Financially, this is going to be the best for them for borrowing from this or whatever. Maybe we're going to work together. I'm not just going to make this blanket you know, discussion of, hey, pay cash. And then therefore, maybe they shouldn't have, right? Or maybe you say, hey, I want them to take 500000 out. Okay, then I can't help this one. I can help the next one. Again, with an estate attorney. What value or what differentiation? How can you work together to, again, increase that client loyalty, but also not just be, I'm just looking to sell houses. Okay, well, so is everybody. But here's how I'm going to make your client's life easier and your relationship better and your life easier. And for each one of those business VIPs, that's what we have to do. Meet with them. Again, how are you struggling? How can I help you? How can we help each other right now? It's been a direct slowdown. What are you seeing with your clients? I know they're freaking out about the market. So if you're the financial planner and they're freaking out about the market, you know, are they asking about the value of their home? Because look, whether they're moving or not, I will happily talk to them about that. And, you know, do we want to do something with equity? Should they move? And the sky isn't falling. Like, let's create solutions together. So as we Absolutely. end today, here's the thing. If we can walk away with a couple of things, and one is I'm not as good as I think I am, because I think that's a, a, a reality check. And second is let's look like literally visually draw a bullseye and say, here's my inner, here's my next, and here are the relationships I have that I need to take care of. Here's the calls that I need to make to connect with these people. And then this is how I need to continue to thrive in this market. Now, if I get to work with someone like you, it's going to be easy because you have that same mindset. But we have to shift our mindset from, you know, oh, woe is me. Things have changed. You know, it's miserable to here's opportunities. And I'm going to take this group of people with me right through this opportunity. Yeah. Thank you. You're well, thank you. <laughs> I love, thank you for doing this today. And again, I think you are also giving great clarity, right? To fellow lenders on, hey, here's some things I need to pay attention to. And I just very much appreciate you joining me today on Real Estate Unscripted. <laughs> well, it's been an absolute honor, Marjorie. I really appreciate you having me on. You're great. Our family loves you guys. I one of the most valued people with our team. So I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Well, we will continue doing so. We're going to grow through this market. Absolutely. All right. Thanks again. Thank you. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and home buyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage, equal housing lender, NMLS ID number 40508, org. Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.